Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So we are back with the Women's Football Podcast and I am joined once again by Alejandro. How are things? How are things, Angelina? Everything good here? How are you doing? Yes, I am all good. And we are joined by her football hubs, Drew Diamond. Good to have you back, Drew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to hop on the show. Definitely. Well, first up, we have the first leg of the Champions League qualifiers. Um, I thought we'd have a quick chat about. Um, There have been some great results. Uh, First up, Arsenal did get that 3-0 win over Slavia Prague. Nikita Paris scoring 94 seconds into her home debut. Drew, she's going to be a huge name for Arsenal this season, isn't she? Absolutely. I, I struggle to understand how a player with that much pedigree still is underrated by the majority of women's football. She's WSL winner. She's got FA Cups, she's got Conti Cups, she's won the She Believes Cup, Champions League, it just goes on. Like She's a huge asset and it's an incredible signing. Yeah, it, it re- really is absolutely amazing and I'm really excited to see uh, to see what happens with her. Um, and, you know, Kim Little also found the back of the net. She has recently announced that she's retiring from international football with Scotland. Alejandro, she'll be a big miss for that Scotland team, won't she? Absolutely, really. It's always sad when players with the same category and same quality as Kim Little always say goodbye. But this also can be a good chance for Scotland to show the new guns and the next generation of players. And I'm sure Pedro Martinez Losa will make a good job with the young talents. Yes, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, it, it will be a shame, but also, you know, exciting times um, for Scotland. I mean, um you know, Drew, looking at Arsenal in the in the Champions League, um, obviously, you know, they have got, you know, such a history with it, etc. What are your expectations of Arsenal, you know, looking at the competition this season? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here with you and say I think they're going to win it, but I no. think they'll do OK. <laughs> um, they'll definitely compete. They'll get to the latter stage and, uh, stages, but it, it's a transitional season for Arsenal. There's a, there's a lot of change, new managers, a lot of different players coming in there and... I think it'll be a really good season to kind of see amongst themselves what they're capable of and then they can go on there and grow. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll do fine. Yeah, I agree. I've, yeah, I'm not seeing them lifting it, but I think, um, yeah, I'm excited to see to see how they do. And I hope they do well, you know, as one of the English teams um, hopefully being involved unless um, Slavia Prague, you know, pull the rug from under them. Um one of the blockbuster games, of course, was Real Madrid against Manchester City. It ended in 1-1. It took Real Madrid until stoppage time to find an equaliser to cancel out Caroline Ware's second half opener. Alejandro, I know you are itching to talk to us about this one. <laughs> the floor is yours. Give us your thoughts. Really, this game is what Real Madrid means. Really, It's a team that never surrender. We never take, turn back. And Real Madrid has made honor to his motto, hasta el final, vamos Real. That is the game we saw last Tuesday. It's a reason to hope for all the Madridistas next season. Maybe Real Madrid not have titles because of they are a very young team, but I'm sure the players that they are wearing the, the white shirt, they want to honor the chest they are carrying on. And the best is that the leg is not over and there are still 90 minutes to play, so... I'm not going to say, as one of the Real Madrid legends said, that 
90 minutes in Bernabeu are molto longos, as he said, <laughs> but uh, 90 minutes with Real Madrid alive in Champions League is something I will worry about if I was a Man City fan, because we know the history of Real Madrid in Champions League, and we know when, when you lead Real Madrid alive in the Champions League, what happens? Very true. Very, very true. Um, I mean, yeah, the... The Champions League is Real Madrid's competition and I know we were talking last week about your superstitions and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to uh, checking those off um, in the second leg. I mean, looking at Manchester City and well, in, in my opinion anyway, I feel like they, they weren't completely at their best, Drew. Um, do you think that on the whole, you know, Real Madrid did look maybe more dangerous of the two sides, particularly, you know, more in the first half? And do you think, was it maybe down to the fact that the Manchester City team, you know, were without a few of their key players? Yeah, I mean, I can only agree with you there. I think Manchester City set themselves up quite negatively. Um, but there's a substantial rumour um, that they've had little to no pre-season games. Mm. Um, I've spoke to a couple of people involved around the club and they're either keeping it as the best secret in women's football or they're flat out lying but they've had no pre-season. So this was a, a very large test for Manchester City to, to you know, rock up against Real Madrid and, and see just see how it goes. So I wouldn't read too much into the negatives of Man City's performance. Um, but yeah, Real Madrid can feel very, very positive going into that next leg. Yes, they really can. I mean, the only thing was, of course, new signing. Um, Esther Gonzalez did miss a penalty. It, it wasn't... She wasn't at her best, was she, Alejandro? Yeah, she was, it wasn't the best night for her, of course. And if you think on the chance she missed, you will say that maybe the leg will be now 3-0 and the, and, the, and the leg will be almost over. But I want to say that she showed tenacity during all the game. And even though all her misses, she was still trying and trying to go into the goal. And really, when you try so much but you don't score, trust me, these balls will finally go into the goal. So let's trust and stir. Yes, definitely. I mean, she has more than proven herself in seasons previous that she could definitely find the back of the net. I mean, you know, going into this second leg, Alejandro, how are you feeling as a Real Madrid fan? You feeling positive, with same, worried? With the same feeling as Real Madrid always faces Champions League games. A feeling of, of joy and excitement because Love even it. if it's going to be very difficult, really, Real Madrid have chances to go through. And I know Real Madrid is going to give 200% to in the, on the pitch. I love it. I love this positivity. It's been it's been a while since I felt so positive about my club in any Champions League <laughs> fixtures. So it's, it's nice to see. And obviously, you know, as we said last week, we need to check off the list. Um, the players dressed immaculately. Sunglasses for the captain and Florentino Perez. All yeah. smiles. Yeah, we need all of those things. And... Real Madrid are going to come good. Very exciting times in the Champions League anyway. Of course, we need, our, we need our traditions. Please. Yes, we need, need our traditions. traditions. 100%. Um, you know, leaving the Champions League there, I'm sure we'll pick up um, on the second leg and chat more about some of the games. But the Women's Super League is set to kick off this weekend. I can't believe it's already here. It's already September. Um, and I thought we could do, you know, maybe a little preview of the league. Now, you know, Drew, all things considered, the TV rights... Um, the amount of competitiveness in the league, the transfers that have happened. Would you say that this is maybe the biggest Women's Super League um, you know, season so far, especially considering the positive things that 
could potentially happen off the back of it as well. Absolutely. Um, it's incredible to see and it's really comforting to know that each and every year it's just going to get bigger now. Like even things such as the WSL advert Sky have put on where it's, it's an aggressive competitive advert showcasing the players with personalities. I mean, Becky Spencer gets put through a table. It's mm. uh, it's yes. not your usual kind of, we're just going to do an advert because, you know, the producers have asked for it. it, it there's There's thought gone into it. Um, it's it's groundbreaking. The player welfare will improve. The resources will improve. The players will be able to showcase their personalities. Investment like this just has so many positive side effects that it's incredible to be here at the start of this kind of generation of women's football. Um, it's just going to go from strength to strength. It will, and I'm you know the the same as you, just excited to kind of be be a fan, be a part of it, and. And to see what's going to happen. I mean, look, looking at the teams that are in the league, we'll start off, you know, in alphabetical order with Arsenal. Um, Alejandro, there have been a lot of changes at Arsenal that we've we've spoken about a little bit. You know, a new manager, a few new signings. Can Arsenal fans be going into this season maybe cautiously optimistic, maybe? And could you see them finishing higher than third? To be honest, I don't know, really. To be honest, I don't know if they can be optimistic because some many times Arsenal fans, they have been very optimistic and the, on the, after three games of league, they have crashed with reality. Mm. Uh, I think there are two teams in the competition that they are a bit over the rest and the fight for, for the third spot will be very tight. Everything will depend on how lucky they are and how fit the team is when it comes to the key moments. So if the team is on a good shape, when 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 the season is deciding and if and if the team is on 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 a good condition maybe arsenal can have chances yeah it is all about the, about those chances and how how you take them as we've seen before um of course all eyes will be on at vivian Miedema. drew are you looking forward to seeing what she brings to the table um because you know regarding the top goal scorer situation etc there is even more competition this season than last when she lost out to sam Kerr. Yeah, I mean, we're talking here about one of the greatest women's football players that's ever lived. I know she's still young, but she's she just exists to break records, and I think she'll continue that streak. Um, one of her oldest rivals is back in the league now, Nikita Paris. But you know, now they're on the same team. It's um, it's going to be a very interesting year for Viv. It's you know already in the Champions League uh, qualifying round, she scored a ridiculous goal. Um, she just oozes class and. Uh, it's always an absolute excitement to watch her play. It really is, and I'm uh, as as a neutral, I am excited to see all the goals that she's going to score, and I I hope that she, you know, manages to maybe regain that top goal scorer title. Um, you know, Arsenal have brought in you know quite a few players: um, Mana Iwabuchi, Nikita Paris, Frida Manu, etc., etc. I could go on. You know, other stars such as Kim Little, Leah Williamson, Jordan Nobbs that are already at the club. Alejandro, do you think it's been a good transfer window? Um, and looking at the whole team, who are you looking forward to seeing the most? Yes, I like the transfer window Arsenal they have done. It's very good and it shows you that the Women's Super League is now the best league in Europe and maybe they have the, some of the biggest teams in, in the European football and even in the world. And about the, the signing that I'm excited to see most, maybe I'll say Nikita Paris, really. I'd like to see how the change of city and team fits her and if she can make Arsenal the dark horse on the race for the tournament. 
Yes, possibly. She she could be key, definitely. Um, now, next up, we have got Aston Villa. They, of course, made their Women's Super League debut last season. They were close to relegation, finishing 10th, um, and they are back with new signings and a new manager. Drew, do you think that we will maybe see a more settled team now that this is their second season in the league? Um, and what are your thoughts on the changes that they've made? Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think their squad's a little large at the moment, but what they have done is brought in quality. Um, I mean, if a team has the budget to take you know, less gambles and bring in more players, then no one can blame them for taking on that squad. Um, I think they'll still be in and around the bottom, um, or the battle at the bottom. Um, but, you know, Carla Ward is a great manager. Their back line is looking really strong. Um, they are going to confirm a player very shortly so I think by the time this comes out they're bringing in an international striker uh, can't say who that is whether it gets over the line or not um, but it's expected to so it's another player up the top for them there to add that bit of quality and I think they'll be okay um, I don't think they're going to be contended, contended for Champions League football or anything like that but they'll do a good season Oh, an exclusive there. I like that. Um, I mean, looking at the signings that they've already made, um, you know, and they have made some good ones in Alicia Lehman, um, Remy Allen, Hannah Hampton, alongside the likes of Natalie High, etc., um, who were already at the club. Um, Alejandro, looking at the whole team again, are there any people, any names that stand out that you're looking forward to seeing how they do this season? I would go for Alisa Lehmann, really. She's one of the best strikers in Europe, and I would like to see her if she can shine the Women's Super League in the season before the Euros. So it's going to be very interesting to see how she performs. Yes, it will be interesting. Um, I know that she um, spoke on One Football's Instagram recently, um, talking a little bit about um, some of her likes and dislikes in the season and stuff like that. Um, she seems like a really cool person and yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, now, next up, we've got Birmingham, um, you know, one of the uh, one of the OGs, one of the original teams that founded the Women's Super League. Um, there's a lot of history at the club. They've had a lot of legends play there over the years. Last season, you know, wasn't easy. They were dipping in and out of that relegation battle. Drew, realistically, do you think that this will be a better season? Yeah, absolutely. They've almost completely changed the club's structure yeah. to accommodate more backroom staff, better physios. They've changed the stadium. They now have one of the biggest stadiums in the league. They've got more strength and conditioning coaches. They've brought in a mixture of, you know, exciting young talent um, and like, proven winners as well you know people like Louise Quinn could arguably be any club in the in the league so for me it, it's definitely enough I think it'll be a similar situation to Aston Villa where they'll be in and around the bottom maybe pushing for a maximum of seventh or eighth or something like that but um, for me they're definitely safe. Yeah I agree I think they will be safe Um now, the managerial change that they've made um, is... Now, I know he didn't make that many appearances, but he did play for Borussia Dortmund, so we cannot say that away from him. Um, and Aberdeen, um, former player Scott Booth. He also, of course, coached Glasgow City to five Scottish Premier League trophies. Alejandro, do you think that he's the right man for the job? Uh, time will say, really. He's done a wonderful job in Glasgow City in Scotland, and he said... And he has set this team as a reference in European football. But this is another business. This is a women's super league. This is another league. And it's another level. Uh, of course, it will be exciting to watch. But let's see how if, if, if Scott Booth can make a, a proper job in Birmingham. Yeah, I'm really excited to see the the transition from 
um, the Scottish Premier League to the Women's Super League and, and to see how he does. And I, I hope he smashes it. I mean, you know, it's been a very busy transfer window for Birmingham, um, you know, with 10 players. I'm not going to run through all of them, but we have um, Louise Quinn, who was their new captain, who has been on the podcast before, uh, Libby Smith, Lucy Quinn, um, Emily Ramsey, etc. Drew, who are you most excited about seeing play out of the, the new arrivals? Um, my answer's probably really biased, but um, Jade Pennock for me. Um, yeah. She has done everything possible at championship level, won the league, broken every single club-level record, top goal scorer of Sheffield United history, most assists in their history, player of the year. I think she'll lap up WSL football. Um, I know there was a, quite a few clubs in for her and Birmingham managed to to get that over the line as their, their first player. Um, I know they wanted to start with a, with a good signing and it really did show how the window went for them. They've brought in a lot of quality. Um, and I think there's a lot of players there that will will really perform to to a good level for them. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to to seeing this because I think normally when you have so many new players and a managerial change, sometimes you can be, feel a little bit apprehensive. But I've I've got a good feeling about this one. Um, looking at Brighton now, and last season was arguably their most successful, finishing sixth. Um, and you know, winning games against the likes of Man City, Chelsea. Um, we hopefully will see them build on what they've achieved last season. Alejandro, should expectations be high or, you know, just maybe just keep it calm for now and see what uh, happens? For, for sure, really, Brighton must have the goal to fight for one of the titles this season. Maybe the Women's Super League is, is another level for them. It's too much. But they are a team that can be the dark horse and give the surprise in the Women's FA Cup or even in the Women's League Cup. So it's it's a season where Brighton can say, we are here and we, and we want to make a strong project. Yeah, and I, I hope they do deliver with it. I mean, they have seen 12 players leave, three of them arriving, um, but they also have players like uh, Maya Letissier, um, Inessa Kagman. Drew, are you looking forward to seeing what these new players and the players that they've already got, see what they bring to the table? And does the number of departures concern you at all? Um, for me, the most important piece of business they've done um, was announced um, today on the day of filming. So May Leticia has signed a new two-year contract, um, which is just a sign of the positives at the club. She was linked with Chelsea and United when the window began. So the fact that they've convinced, for me, one of the brightest talents in the league um, to stay put is incredible work. And mm. I think that there's always a couple of clubs in the league where large amounts of players go. Um, I'm glad it's becoming less of a norm, um, but it doesn't overly concern me. Um, touching back on that Aston Villa news that I spoke about earlier, they've just tweeted a picture of Birmingham Airport with the eyes emoji, so I presume that they've got that one over the line now. <laughs> well, we, we may, you may even have to announce it. Let us know if they tweet <laughs> anything else as we carry on. Oh, well, I've turned notifications on for that now. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, looking at Chelsea now, um, the big dogs, they will be eyeing their third consecutive title. Not only will they need to win the title back, um, but, you know, maybe also emulate this record-breaking season that they had last season, you know, breaking records for the most number of wins, points, etc. And also deliver in the Champions League, let's not forget. It's a massive challenge. Um yeah, like I say, juggling the Super League and the Champions League, competing against, you know, the likes of City, Arsenal, Everton, etc., etc. 
there's a lot to do here. Alejandro, do you think that this is doable for them looking at the league? It will be difficult, but if there is a team that can do it, it's Chelsea. The dream yeah. of the three-peat is something all the teams who have uh, gotten two championships in a row, they wish. But this season will be the most difficult for them because of the comp- competence there will be, because we are not talking that there is only one team who can make shadow to them. We are talking that there are more than one team. We can. We are talking about one Man United that is stronger, one Arsenal that has reinforced very well and they want to be the dark horse. One Man City that is going to be the biggest contender also for the title along along with Chelsea. So it's going to be a very tough season for them. It will be definitely a tough one. Um, I think when you see a team like Chelsea perform the way that they did, I don't know, you naturally just think, oh yeah, it'd be fine, they can kind of just do that again, it'd be all right. But then you actually sit and think about it and it, it is going to be tough. Of course, it was Penila Hara's first season with the club last season, last year even. Um, you know, she managed 16 goals, put in some really great performances. Drew, are you expecting even better from her this season now she's settled? You know what, for me, that's such more of a difficult question than it should be. Yeah. Um, purely because of the competition at the club. Um, you could be the greatest player that's ever lived in the history of football and you'd still be in a rotation system at that club. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully she gets firing really early on in one of her first games and she can just reach that level again because she's more than capable. It will just be, you know, does someone reach that form before and, and, and start taking minutes from her because Chelsea are stacked in every position. They really are. And of course, the team signed Lauren James from Manchester United in the worst kept secret ever. (laughs) Um, I think it's safe to say that expectations will be high just because, like I say, the deal was publicised so much. Obviously, she has those ties to Chelsea. Um, I think obviously her brother being at the club as well, I think that maybe drew more attention from people that maybe aren't don't have their eyes as much on women's football, their attention was drawn to it, etc. Um but you know, like Drew's just touched on, there is a lot of rotation in that team, there is a lot of talent in that team. Alejandro, are you a little bit worried about how much game time she may get and how maybe Emma Hayes is going to use her when you consider the amount of attacking options that Chelsea have? Uh, really, I think uh, Lauren James will be one of the players who will start from the beginning and Emma players will use her in many positions on the attack because that's, that's one of the reasons why they sign Lauren James, that he's, she's a player that she can, she, can, she, she, she can play in many positions, not only in one. So that's why uh, Emma Hayes will have a lot of alternatives to put uh, James on the pitch. Yeah, I'm looking for. I mean, I'm I'm saying I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm very upset about it. But um, regarding, you know, Lauren James herself, you know, big fan of her, and um, I hope she does manage to get the game time. And I hope it's the move that that she, you know, wanted it to be. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with Chelsea. Um, one team that I have been very excited about is. Everton they have had arguably one of the most exciting transfer windows that in my opinion has really been a statement and has demonstrated that this team wants to be up there competing for a spot you know in that top three Drew do you think that Everton maybe not to get in the top three but have got a strong chance in general in the league this season um short and sweet answer from me (laughs) um not yet yeah I think there's still a level or two for them to to hit yet um Good business, though. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like you say, when when the chips are down and they're actually in those games facing some of that talent, 
it will be intriguing to see what happens. And I mean, you know, quite a few names did depart from the club, but the likes of Tony Duggan, Hannah Benison, Aurora Galli, Leonie Meyer, etc., have all joined the club. Alejandro, who do you expect to be the maybe the standout new signing? I think Tony Duggan, she will be the one that uh, will shine, especially. She's coming back to England after being part of one of the best Atletico Madrid fall history. And the thing is that uh, with, Tony, with Tony Duggan, she gave Colchoneras the step ahead they needed to fight now in Europe and in Spain. And now she can do the same with Everton. So I'm really excited to see how is Tony Duggan come back to England. Yeah, especially after last season. At, at times, she didn't maybe look at her best and maybe this will be um, a rejuvenated uh, Duggan that we'll see. Next up, we have got Leicester City, newly promoted team. This will be their first season in history as a top flight team. And they actually will be playing most of their games at the King Power Stadium, which I think is a really brilliant statement, especially when you look at... I know that some teams have been playing a couple of games at their club's main stadium where the, where the men play all their games. Some teams, I will not mention any names, but you know have maybe not been doing their bit. But Leicester City have, of course, said that they will be playing all of their games there if not, they do have um, a backup stadium where they can play, but they're going to do their best to make sure that they play there, which I think is great. Um, and Drew, you know, maybe if you, if you want to comment on on that decision that they've made, but also what are your expectations from this? You know, te- this impressive Leicester team, you know, they, they were brilliant last season. And is there any concern from you that they may struggle in the Super League? Um Firstly, answer your first part of your question about the stadium. I think it's great news. Uh, I know a lot of, well, a, a segment of women's football fans don't like uh, the prospect of going over to men's stadiums. They'd rather sell out the, the smaller stadiums first. But with Leicester, it was imperative. Um, I covered a few of their games last season. They were at um, Quorn's pitch, which was a 3G pitch with about 12 seats. Um, so... It was really important that they move to a WSL standard pitch, um, and they've got that sorted um, in in double, as you said. You know, the King Power will be their main home, and they they have a backup if they can't use that. So that's great news. It shows again how invested Leicester are in their women's team. Um, in regards to their business and how they'll do this season, I don't think they'll struggle, uh, but I also don't find they'll don't think they'll find it easy at all. They've brought in the right kind of players, Sigsworth and Gemma Perfield, really impressive signings. Um, and with players like Plumpter and Flint, they'll definitely have enough quality to show themselves as a WSL team. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think a sort of seventh, eighth, maybe even a sixth, you know, if they drag, drag a couple of, of big results out of teams. Um, be a good, exciting season for them. Yeah, it will be. And, you know, you touched on a few of those players, especially Je- um, Jess Sigsworth, um, Gemma Perfield, Abby Grant, etc. Um, you know, they've all arrived at the club and they all, you know, have different degrees of women's Super League experience. Alejandro, what do you make of their transfer window? And do you think it's a good move that they have brought in players that do have these degrees of experience in the league already? From my point of view, I think Leicester, they have made a transfer window to fill the main goal of the team, that is staying on the top division. And mm. that's why... They have signed many players with experience on Women's Super League. And the inputs I got from Leicester are that, are that the management of the club is making, wants to make a very strong team on a mid-long term. And they are giving the first step to the project. We are seeing that they are going to play in the King Power Stadium uh, most of the games. We are seeing that they, have, they want to have a team full of uh, experience on, on, on their first season on the, 
on the competition. So it's going to be a, it's a team that wants to make a strong a strong team and a strong project in a in a future. Yeah, I I agree. I think that the the signings that they've made does demonstrate that you know. Obviously, they're not they're not coming in to win it, but they're they're there to you know stay for the long haul kind of thing. And of course, they have Jonathan Morgan at the helm. He's been at the club for a while now. Drew, are you intrigued to see you know how he does with this new challenge? Yeah, I mean, it's a long time since there wasn't a Morgan at the club in some capacity, whether it be GM, coach, player, manager. Um, I think it'll be a large learning curve for him, but he's proven in the past that he can take a learning curve. He's been at Leicester since you know, grassroots level, um, and he's taken this team all the way to the top, albeit, you know, with major investments. So he's, he's not done it single-handedly as per se, but he uh, he definitely has the squad there to make a good show of himself. And um, yeah, it's, it's all on him now, I guess. Yeah, and fingers crossed it's a good season for them um, because I, I was really excited to see a team like Leicester uh, in the league and best of luck to them. Um Another team that we're going to talk about now, Manchester City. They will certainly be a force to be reckoned with. Um, they finished close to Chelsea at the top of the table, taking second in the end. Since they last won the league in 2016, they finished second every single season. Alejandro, is it do or die now for City? And if they finish second again, um, before we hit record, we were talking about um, you know the, the Champions League and Real Madrid and Manchester City. And if Manchester City do not get into the Champions League, and say they do finish second in the Women's Super League, is this considered a failure? Or maybe not, because if they lose to a team like Chelsea, maybe it's not considered a failure. I think that now is the time Man City has, uh, it must show that they are ready to reign in England. We have been talking a lot about the European adventures of Manchester City and how they were fighting face-to-face with the biggest teams in Europe, such as Barcelona that season. And now is the moment to do the same in England. You were asking me about this if uh, Man City doesn't qualify for the group stage of Women's Champions League and uh, finish second in the Women's Super League, it's a failure. In that case, in, in both cases, yes, but for example, not going to the Women's Champions League uh, group stage, I think it wouldn't be a failure for, for Man City because uh, they are facing Real Madrid and, and Real Madrid has also a very strong team ready to fight uh, for a European competition. And about the Super League, I would say that finishing second for Man City is, is it will be a failure because the contenders' decision they are very tight and very and very equal. But uh, Man City must fight for everything this season. That's what they should do. I feel like the pressure is is on a little bit. Um, and of course, last season, you know, Ellen White, Chloe Kelly, Lucy Bronze, etc. were all really important for the team. Drew, apart from new signings um, that we'll talk about in a minute, who were you expecting of the all players that are already established there? Who are you expecting to impress? Um, Jill Scott for me, you know. Being yeah. back um, at the club now after a, a brief loan, um, she's starting her coaching badges and... To be fair, from what a lot of people ex- expect, it might be her last season. So I'm sure she'll want to finish up with a bang. Yeah. Um, so it should be exciting for her. Yes, definitely. And obviously, a few players have departed, but they have enhanced their squad with Vicky Lozada, Khadija Shaw, Ruby Mace, Hayley Reso, Alana Kennedy. 
Alejandro, I think I might know the answer, but who are you most excited to see perform? <laughs> well, apart of Cadilla so that I'm, I'm curious to see performing a thing like this, I will be very curious to see how Vicky Lozada starts a new episode in her life. And I think that, that was my answer. I, I, I think you, you were thinking that that, that, that that was my answer. Yes, I'm, I, that's what I suspected. <laughs> yeah, but think she's coming from being the captain of the best bars of all times. And yeah. after winning everything, she goes to a new era in Manchester, so it's going to be very curious, this new episode on her life. Yes, and if she can, you know, maybe bring some of that winning mentality um, to Manchester City. Um, we'll switch to the other side of Manchester now, Manchester United. Last season, they did look set to finish in the top three at times. Unfortunately, I think it's safe to say things did begin to unravel. They ended up missing out on the Champions League spot. Drew, trying to be positive <laughs> um, because, you know, I can be a little bit pessimistic with my <laughs> club, but do you think that maybe what happened last season could actually serve as a good motivation for Man United this season? I mean, I know most of the players aren't even there anymore that experienced it, but, um, you know, that they got so close last time that, you know, we can go again and try and do this again and do better. I'm really worried you won't like my answer now. <laughs> go on. Um Potentially, but do you remember last season we spoke about Manchester United and mm -hmm. it was brought up, you know, do they get dispensation because they're a young club? And we said, we basically all agreed that no, because they had serial winners at the club, they had World Cup winners, they had players that had done it at the very top level. It's very different now. You you don't have Press, Heath, McManus, uh, even James, Stoney's gone. You know, I don't think it's that kind of super experienced world-beating group that we talked about. I still expect Manchester United to make Champions League and, you know, have a good season. I do expect them to, to finish at the top end of the table, but it's, um, it's going to be harder, I think. Yes, and I mean, you could argue that when you look at Manchester United's journey, it's kind of been a bit of a smooth ride, you know, getting the promotion into the Women's Super League, competing near the top. Oh, it's all lovely. Um, and now things, like you say, are very different. Um, so, Alejandro, do you think that this season could end up maybe being a little bit of a humbling experience for this Manchester United team? I don't know if a humbling experience, but the problem with Manchester United is that they need to deal with the pressure of having the chest they have and they are defending and developing in a fast-paced women's football. I think the Red Devils, they will learn so much this season about how to deal with the lead and the pressure of being one of the top candidates to the title. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a massive learning curve. And I know that... Um... You know, some people like, you know, we, we have Nat on the podcast um, and I know that she is always a lot more positive than I am. Um, and I know that a lot of fans are, you know, um, be, being positive about the situation. And listen, I've got my fingers crossed, but I just feel like this is going to be a bit of a, a learning curve. And maybe, you know, Manchester United might end up being knocked down a peg or two. But I think in the long run, I don't think that's the worst thing, if that kind of makes sense. Um now, there were a lot of departures. I'm not going to read them all out because I'll cry. Um, but, you know, the club have brought in um, Vilda Borisa, Hannah Blundell, Martha Thomas. Drew, what do you make of the transfer window, dare I ask? And, and, you know, looking at the entire team, 
Um, Alejandro has already told me last week on the podcast who he's looking forward to seeing. Um, but who, who out of the whole team are you looking forward to seeing, if anyone? <laughs> Uh, Ethan Mannion is a cracking player. Um, if it wasn't for injuries, he'd be an England regular. Yeah. Um, fantastic qualities. Was key at Birmingham. Should have been key at Man City, but just didn't have the luck. Um, couldn't stay fit long enough. And you know that that's a risk for United as well. Can can she stay fit? It's a good window for any WSL side. Does it make them better than they were last season? Potentially at the back. Yeah. Up top. I don't think so. I think that's very much open for debate as to whether they've strengthened across the park. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a bad window, um, <laughs> but not 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 a great one either. Just surely because of the the people they've lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, next up, we are looking at Reading, and last season they had arguably a bit of a disappointing finish, placing seventh versus fifth in the previous season. Alejandro. Last season, they did have Farrah Williams. She has now retired. She'll be a big miss, won't she? I mean, not just on the pitch, but what her, you know, as a person in women's football brings to the table. Uh, for sure, really, not only in terms of what she has given to the pitch to Reading, but also in terms of what she gave off the pitch, the miss of Williams. It will be a huge problem for the team. And we will see if they miss so much during the season. Yes, it will will be interesting to see how they recover from losing, you know, such a, a huge player like Williams. Um now six players left the club, with six coming in the opposite direction, including um Natasha uh Dowie, Gemma Evans, um Chloe Peplow. Kelly Chambers is in charge and has been, you know, since two thousand fifteen, as well as being their director of football. Drew, do you think that she's the right person to be at the helm and are you looking forward to seeing what the new signings bring to the table? Yeah, I mean Kelly's proven herself at this level many times over. Reading have always been, um, I think I've said this phrase before on the show about 50 times, but the best of the rest. Mm. Um, they've always been that kind of second level of top standard in the league. Um, every time I've interviewed her or spoken to her after games, she speaks of confidence and assurance. Even in a loss, she you know she knows what went wrong. Um, she's definitely capable. And Reading have always been a really great group, and it, it's always a great mixture of, of talented WSL level players and then like a random legend or two dotted in the team Yeah. Um, and I think Natasha Dowie now takes that spot like an absolutely incredible player that has won just about everything in women's football and you know is now at Reading it's, the, the pattern continues Yes, definitely. Um, and I've, I've got my fingers crossed for them that it's it, it's a better season for them Um one team now that I'm, I was a little bit concerned about last season, if I'm being honest. It was a bit of a struggle at times for Tottenham. Um, they had some big losses against the likes of Man City, Arsenal, Man United, etc. Alejandro, how vital is it that we do see some improvements from Spurs this season? Uh, to be honest, I think and I hope this season will be less moved and less turbulent for Spurs than the last one. Mm. I think the last one it was very media focused after they had the the arrival and departure of Alex Morgan that it it it, it was becoming somehow a problem for them in some terms. But I hope this season they can get back on the track and give a competitive version and even fight against Arsenal and the big teams in the in the competition. Yes, and what one of the main issues that I think we spoke about on the podcast last season was that they did really struggle when it came to their goal tally. Um, they have brought in Choma 
Ubogagu, sorry if I've said her name incorrectly, and Kaya Simon as forwards. Neither have a lot, if any, women's Super League experience. Drew, do you think that this could be an issue and do you think that they've done enough regarding the goal problem? Um, I mean, I've always been a really huge advocate of Chi, uh, Chioma. Um, when she was at Arsenal, back in the early stage of her, of her career, she played, I think it was like 14 games, mm. but she averaged like just under a goal a game, so she really did have a good impact. Yeah. The fact that she only has three England caps really annoys me. Um, <laughs> she actually did get called up into the squad finally for the She Believes Cup, and it's like the only thing England women have ever won, so I don't understand why she was never seen again. She actually scored on her debut as well, I think it was again against Austria. Um, so I do think she'll really impress people. I've put her in my fantasy team as well, so that sh- that nice. shows. There, right, you've given me faith now. I'm feeling better <laughs> about. So I'm not as worried about Spurs. Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I I guess. Yeah, hopefully it's just a good platform for her to put in some good performances and just I just think get the goals up for Spurs. That's got to be the main thing. Um, and last but not least, we have West Ham. Um, last season was a bit of a rocky one, um, you know, with them fighting to stay out of the relegation spot, managerial changes, etc. Alejandro, will this be a brighter season for West Ham fans? Uh, totally, really. This West Ham has done a very good job in the transfer window and they have reasons to think big. I hope this year they can be less stressful for them as the last one. Yes, fingers crossed for them. Um, now, a lot of West Ham players departed, such as Martha Thomas, Kenza Daly, Emily Van Egmond, etc. They have brought in Zanetta Wine, Claudia Walker, uh, Yui Hasegawa, etc. Drew, what are your thoughts on the business that they've done? I think apart from Hasegawa um, and Claudia Walker, they've probably had the weakest window of the w- any WSL team. Mm. Uh, I think even, I mean, this might be controversial, I don't want to get any West Ham fans angry, but <laughs> I think some championship teams have had better windows. I think London City Lionesses and Charlton have brought in players that, that West Ham maybe could have used. Um, I, they simply haven't replaced what they've lost, and I, I really do think they'll struggle. Well, that kind of segues into uh, the predictions that I um, have asked you both for. Um, because we will be talking about who we think may struggle and may not. I would love to get from both of you. We'll start with you, Alejandro. Who is in your top three? Uh, Chelsea as the winner of the title, Manchester City and Manchester United. Oh, thank you. That's made me feel really good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Drew, how about you? Uh, I've gone Chelsea as champions. I just think they'll they'll walk it. Um, I think they'll probably have a couple of hard games probably Brighton <laughs> traditionally um, and then I think it'll be Arsenal who will surprise a few people mm. and then United coming up third oh thanks Ooh. guys this is um, I'm really in shock <laughs> as to how positive <laughs> everyone is I was not that positive about my own club um, I've actually gone just just to mix things up a little bit um Manchester City maybe to win just because I feel like it's do or die and of course I am backing Alejandro and Real Madrid so they won't have the Champions League to worry about. (laughs) Um, In very, very close second I've gone with Chelsea and I feel like Arsenal will have enough to get into that top three Um, but hopefully I'm completely wrong. Um, Regarding top goal scorer Alejandro, who have you got? Uh, Sam Kerr. Very good. What about you Drew? Uh, Viv, easy. I've gone with Viv as well. I'm I'm hoping for her. Um, not that I've got anything against Sam Kerr, but um, <laughs> I um, yeah, I hope she manages to get back at the top. Relegated. What you reckon, Alejandro? I think Reading it will be their relegated team this season. Okay, Drew. What about you? West Ham. I was thinking West Ham, but I'm not 
we we didn't like compare answers by the way um, <laughs> but uh, yeah i was maybe thinking them as well um alejandro what about dark horses that could maybe surprise my three bets are everton brighton and west ham oh we've got three i like that well let's hope that you yeah you're back in west ham let's hope that we're proven wrong drew what about you i've gone birmingham i think they'll struck strong you know finish strong seventh or eighth yeah i've actually gone i don't know if they are like dark horses because as we've said you know they've done good business but i think everton could maybe surprise maybe get a few good results um what about best transfer alejandro the best transfer i think is lauren james to chelsea oh nice what about you drew um i couldn't decide between two so i'll give you them both i've okay. gone lasada to city or paris to arsenal yeah, I reckon as much as you know what I'll I'll put her in as well. I'm hoping that Khadija Shaw has a brilliant Ooh, season yeah. because I just back her until the end. She's amazing, um, and I've gone with Nikita Paris as well because yeah, I just think it's nice to have her back in the women's Super League. But yeah, that that's our uh, chat about the Premier the Premier League, the women's Super <laughs> League even. <laughs> Oh, my brain's all over the show. But um, yeah, and hopefully it is a brilliant season like we are all expecting. And of course, we cannot leave out the women's football in Spain. That also makes a return this weekend. Alejandro, what are your thoughts on the transfer business that has been done in Spain on the whole? And for you, who has had the most exciting, maybe maybe the best transfer window and who's had the most disappointing I would say that we have had a very interesting transfer window in Spain, really, apart of the signings from Real Madrid and Barcelona, that they have reinforced themselves to fight for everything. We have other teams that want to get back on track and shine. For example, Atletico Madrid has signed back Lola Gallardo from Lyon. Uh, They have signed also Stefania Vanini, the number 10 from Argentina. So they are teams that they are going to be funny to watch. Also, Sevilla has a nice team, Athletic Club. They have also a nice club, a nice, a nice team, for a squad for this season. And it's going to be cool. Uh, and about the best and the most dif- this, uh, disappointing window, I would say the best. They have, it's been by Real Madrid and Barcelona. They have the best. Uh, they have done both the best transfer window because Real Madrid signing uh, Spanish talent like Esther Gonzalez and Neikari Garcia and young future talents like Atenea del Castillo make them in a position to fight for everything if not this year, maybe in the following ones. And Barcelona, what to say? Um, after winning the treble, the, the challenge is to repeat it. And they have they have signed Fridolina Rolfo uh, 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 and many other players. So Irene Paredes is also back in, in Spain. So really, it's going to be a wonderful season and I can't wait to start. Yes, definitely. I mean, I was looking at some of the um, the transfer windows. I was a little bit concerned about um, Real Betis since they only had one player in and, and quite a few out. Um, I was <laughs> yeah, a little bit worried, but I also I'm I'm worried also about Rayo Vallecano because yes. uh, the, the problem is that uh, this team is uh, the problem is that how it's managed is is getting a pro, is getting, is getting in trouble not only for the women's team but also sometimes even for the men's team and for um, and the and the treat and the deal with the fans and supporters that it's very disappointed and I think Rayo Vallecano has uh, is it will suffer this season. Oh dear! Well, one team that will not be suffering, of course, is Barcelona. Drew, realistically. You know, it doesn't matter if you upset Alejandro because he, he can take it, don't worry. But realistically, do you see anybody truly challenging this Barcelona team? 
No chance. Not a chance. They've added Engen, Rolfo. They might have lost Lasada, but yeah, just no one's going to get anywhere near them. I honestly think that. Yeah. Now, Alejandro, for listeners who maybe perhaps don't watch a lot of Spanish football or they're maybe looking to try and get involved a little bit more this season, especially after seeing how brilliant Barcelona were, of course, um, can you maybe give us some insight? Because I know you've always got your eye on a manager. So can you give us some insight on some maybe a manager for people to watch and maybe a player that you are hoping has a really good season? I'll say Levante and Ángel Villacampa, really. Ángel Villacampa, he made very good seasons with Atletico Madrid after leaving, and now he's leading this new project of Levante after Maria Prig uh, left, and he's the right guy to to make the new reconstruction for Levante, and maybe we will have a miracle. And about a player, you tell me one, I tell my, my, my preference, Estefania Vanini, really. Having the number two of, of Argentina in Spanish football is wonderful, and I and I can't wait to see how she will be the reference of Atletico de Madrid soon. Well, there you go. You've got two there for anybody listening that wants to get involved in Spanish football. Alejandro is your man. Um, now, of course, Real Madrid were in the mix last season, finished in second place, um, are looking very good. Drew, how important do you feel that it is for maybe European football in general to have a team like Real Madrid of their level in world football, really, to be competing so strongly in the league? It's incredibly important. It, it's important to, to global football, to women's football, um, and really important to Spanish football. I remember when they were transitioning from Tacon to Real Madrid and they announced, I think it was Jakobsen and Nisolani, uh, relatively close together. And it was it's a watershed moment. The only two teams, historically, that have been able to bring in that giant European talent were Atletico, and Barcelona, and to see a third team doing that over in Spain was was a really big moment for for international football fans. And I think the stronger the league will get, the more teams are capable of doing this, um, and the more it happens, that you know, the stronger the league will get. Yeah, I agree, Alejandro. You touched briefly just on Levante, but are you concerned about them or not this season? To be honest, I was, but the first feeling after seeing the, her uh, Women's Champions League preliminary round uh, performance is that they will try to do an, another miracle, really. Uh, they, they, we need to think that they have lost their spine on the last season, but they are fighting to be a top team, and I'm sure they will be cool to watch this season. I don't know if they can reach the huge uh, success of last year, but it will be, they will be close. Yeah, definitely. Um, f- fingers crossed for them because, you know, they're a team with uh, with so much history in, in Spanish football and I, I would hate to see them, you know, have a, have a tough season. Um, one team that had a bit of a tough season at times last season was Atletico Madrid. Um, they did manage to pull it back towards the end, but there were moments where we were a little bit worried about them. Drew, do you think that they'll be able to bounce back this season? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are... There are huge team with a lot of heritage there's definitely quality in the team I do see a third place finish for them though yeah I yeah I'm not sure that I think they'll bounce bounce back enough to be competing but I think they still maybe need um need something else to kind of give it that final push um Looking at the goal scorers in the league, some amazing ones you know Jenny Hermoso, Esther Gonzalez, Asisat Ashuola Alexia Puteas, Kosovari Aslani can go on and on and on. Um, Alejandro, we're going to see a lot of goals in Spain this season, right? 
for sure, really, this is the year of the forward. This is the year of the talent. And that means that this season is going to be one of the most exciting to watch. Yes, definitely exciting. I think there's going to be some absolute oh, amazing performances. I can't wait. Um, and, and finally, Alejandro, are there any teams that you are particularly worried about? I know you touched on um, on Vallecano before. Yeah, apart from Rayo Vallecano, there are there are some other teams I'm worried about. For example, I'm thinking uh, maybe maybe it can be the, the, a tough season for them, Eibar, because mm. they they are having new competitors on the on on the line. For example, and you are seeing that maybe they had a, they have not reinforced as good as we were expecting for the season. I'm also thinking also Sporting Huelva, they are struggling a lot uh, fin- financially, but they they always try to compete. And let's see if this season they can avoid less less drama than the last year. Yes, fingers crossed for them. Um, and finally, we shall do our predictions like we did for the WSL. Alejandro, who's in your top three? My top three, I said uh, Barca, Real Madrid and Atletico. But the gap between Barca and Real Madrid is going to be very close. Oh, OK, close. Drew, what do you reckon? No, I went the exact same, but I don't think the gap will be close. I think it'll be about 15. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would probably go with the same. I think Atletico will have enough to, like I say, be be in the mix of that top three. Not enough to be competing with Barcelona, but I think they'll have enough to kind of take over um, and jump over Levante. Um, Alejandro, tough one because we've just mentioned so many different names, but who will be your top goal scorer? I'd say Esther González. I was going to say her as well because, um, yeah, it's Esther Gonzalez. But, yeah, I'm just – I think it would be nice to see – I don't know, some – I guess everybody's going to – I don't know, Drew, tell me who you were going to predict first. Yeah, Hermosa. Yeah, I think that yeah, – I, I think it would be interesting if it wasn't a Barcelona player. I don't <laughs> yeah. really know – if it can be, because you have to think of the amount of goals that they're going to score. Um, but yeah, that one will be interesting. Um, regarding relegated, Alejandro, who have you gone for? I'll say Rayo Vallecano. I wish I'm wrong and they, and they can save as they did last year. And Sporting Huelva, they are my two teams that they could be they could go relegated. relegated. Yeah, I was going to say um, Rayo Vallecano and maybe Real Betis, I guess we'll have to see. Drew, what about you? I went Vallecano as well. I feel like you guys just think I'm copying your answers No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've all got very good footballing brains, so of course we're going to make similar decisions. Come on yeah. now. Um, Alejandro, who have you gone for with your uh, dark horse? I'll say Levante, Sevilla and also Athletic Club. They are the three teams that I like to watch this season. Okay, what about you, Drew? Uh, I've gone for the third club in Madrid, uh, Madrid CFF. Okay. Um, yeah. I know one of their players, Lucia Leon, who was at Tottenham for a time, speaks very highly of the club. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, an exciting place to play football. Yeah, I've gone with um, Sevilla just because I think, you know, they've brought in some good players, even though a few have departed. And yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what they bring to the table. And finally, best transfer, Alejandro. I'll say, and here I'm, I'm having, I'm taking part at the Niel Castillo to Real Madrid. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. There we go. Uh, Drew, <laughs> Drew, what about you? Uh, I've got Engen. She's a player that I have admired now for a good few years. Um, when I went to the Women's World Cup in France, I made sure I could see her play. Um, I have like a list of players that I really want to see in the flesh, and she was yeah. one of them. I think she's a cracking signing. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, I have gone for, even though um, it's a it's a defender, I have gone for um, Irene Perez just because I think it's going to be really exciting to see her um, with Barcelona. And yeah, I just she's a player that I really uh, enjoy watching. So that's who I went for. But yes, all very good predictions. We'll have to see if we were right or not on some of them, um, as I will save this recording, of course. Um, but yeah, that's everything for today's women's football podcast. Um, thank you both for joining me. And I'm sure we will be catching up uh, soon to talk about the uh, leagues and what's been going on. So that is everything for today's One Football podcast. As always, a big thank you to my guests, to Alejandro and to Drew and to all of you for listening. If you have any questions, as always, it is podcast at onefootball.com and make sure that you head to Apple Music, Spotify, etc. to hear more from One Football. One Football.